So we're going to talk about stuff tonight, I guess. <laughs> there is stuff to talk about. We kind of, uh, it has been a while. We've kind of jumped around in terms of uh, ideas, but the idea of the mid-year checkpoint might not actually be the most valuable because I'm realizing I've played already a lot more games than you have. A lot. I, this has been a... Part of me, this is probably impacting the podcast as well. This has not been a great year for gaming for me so far. Um, I've had a couple spurts, and some of it was kind of cleaning out my backlog, but I've had trouble really getting into anything new. Um, like I said, a lot of backlog, a lot of just hitting random stuff on Game Pass and other things, and then some of the old stalwarts, Destiny and Overwatch, that, that fill some time. But even then, I haven't been... I haven't been really playing that much. You know, two Overwatch matches in the evening, and a little Destiny on weekends, or something like that. So I just really have been kind of slacking in the game department. Honestly, nothing's really grabbing me this year. Resident Evil Village is probably the closest to something that I was like, oh, I gotta play that. And, uh... You haven't. I haven't. Because I, somebody told me, oh, we gotta play Resident Evil 7, and I'm like, ah, I do, kinda... Um, I mean... So, that's the funny thing. I just played Resident Evil 7 for the first time this year before Resident Evil 8 came out. And... Honestly, Resident Evil, I mean, it helps explain some things, but they kind of give you the background. Like, you could find out what happened. They call it, like, the Baker incident and everything. Um, but, I mean, Resident Evil 7 as well, I will say it's closer to those original Resident Evils. Hmm. Like, it is probably the closest to the first Resident Evil that was ever made, because even Resident Evil 2 they were starting to get more action-oriented, right? Right. It was no longer the same kind of, like, creepy horror-based um, Resident Evil. And Resident Evil Village goes more towards the action itself as well. It's got some horrifying moments, uh, but it doesn't really ever get to the same as that original. And Resident Evil 7 is the closest, even though, again, towards the end, it does get a bit more... Action-ish, but still some hard. It's it's it's, it's kind of weird, but it's like Resident Evil Seven is a good game in its own right. But if you want to jump right into Village, then just go ahead. You can always go back to Seven if you want. Um, but either way, like I'm not going to dissuade you from playing either one because they're both honestly worth playing. They are the best Resident Evil games combined. Uh, well, well, not even combined. Just like even separate. Like they're the best since Resident Evil Four. Okay. Yeah, and well, the other problem, of course, is uh, I need some level of tolerance from my wife, who did put up with Doom, uh, Doom 2016, but there's a difference, there's sort of a difference there, in the terms of the... It's hard to... yeah, it's like they're... On, on one hand, because Doom revels in the gore and the blood a lot more, but it's also not trying to creep and gross you out. It's not personal. Like I've watched, so I've was, watched clips of like, you know, why does Capcom hate Ethan's hands, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and that kind of stuff. 
Uh, we're, we're, I, right. You know, there's some giant obese demon and I, you know, tear its eye out and shove it down its throat. Or whatever, right. Like, that isn't the same, it's more gory, but it's not as horrific as, you know, somebody getting their fingers bitten off by, like, a hag or whatever. It's the difference between, ew, that's gross, or, um... Ew, yeah, ooh, ew, that's gross, or ew, that's going to give me nightmares. Right. Two different responses, and there's stuff in Resident Evil 7 that is of the that's going to give me nightmares variety. Um, and the same, of course, with 8. Yeah. Um, so there is that element, and it is, I mean, you could always play it on your secret Xbox. <laughs> secret <laughs> Xbox! <laughs> uh, yes, I, I currently have a secret Xbox. Uh, that I, at some point, I guess the rest of my family will need to find out about. But or they did just announce the Steam Deck, and you could instead own Resident Evil Seven and Eight on Steam to play on Steam Deck in handheld mode. Mm, <laughs> I'm not sold on this yet. I'm gonna have to. I'm not either. Like I, I might need some time to. I mean, the, the, the idea of being able to slide a piece, a mini PC into a dock and I could play it on my TV. Some people brought up things like Steam Link and stuff like that, but as far as I'm aware, like, I'll have to look into it. Mm-hmm. Firstly, they discontinued it anyway, so you're yeah, having issues with it. But my understanding was it's either remote or it would still require me to like have major cabling around my room. So either way, the Steam Link thing might not work. I'll have to look into it. But... That's the thing for me. It's like, what can I play on my... Can I play my PC games on my TV? But at the same time, that's... And I know, again, like, there's big picture mode or there's able to do it with remote, but... I mean, you you see me on stream. I'm, I'm playing Neo right now. And 60 frames a second is ideal. I don't want no latency with, that, with a game like that. Um, yeah. So you have that kind of an issue, but... No, the um, the funny thing is I'm kind of in a... Like, when I looked at what have I played this year, most of the games that were new to 2021... We're in 2021 now, right? Yes, yes. 2021. I'm, I'm getting old and everything's blurring together. Um, we're in 2021 now, and when it comes to the stuff that's new, I have not finished the vast majority of what I started. Uh, Near Replicant is still sitting there incomplete. Uh, now, granted, that's also a ga- that's a remaster of a game I've already beaten, um, but I've not even gotten like the first end to that yet. So, there's New Replicant. Mm-hmm. We've got um, Persona Five Strikers. I finally beat the first chapter, and then I did not touch it. And you have that's, that's been on my list. I just haven't picked up. I mean, there's aspects of it that are fun, but like, I wish I got Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity instead. When it comes to like Busso games, because I played the demo for that, and it's like, man, this is doing, you know, this is pretty good. It's like doing, it's like Fire Emblem Warriors. It's a Musou game that's doing stuff that I like that's not quite the same as a standard Musou game. Or Warriors game, I guess I should say. Um, but then you have Persona 5 Strikers, which is probably the most inventive of all the spin-offs because they're really trying to blend it with Persona-style mechanics. But all it makes me wish is this were a direct sequel to Persona 5 Royal using Persona 5 mecha- mechanics. 
Yeah. Um, because I like the t- the I like the extra time with the characters. I'm. This isn't the blend of combat that I want. It's inventive, but it doesn't feel like what I want from either an action game or an RPG. Sort of like it it splits the difference and kind of ends up being not as good as either would have been by themselves. Basically, yeah. Basically. Hmm. Um, what else did I not finish yet this year? Criminy. Uh, Outriders I decided to drop. Yeah, um, that's the one I did actually spend a yeah, good Yeah, that's one you did finish. finish. And we did talk about it before. Yeah, and I don't feel the need to talk about it too much at this point. I, I might get a chance to do some of the end game stuff. Uh, with a group, group up with some friends and do that. At which point, maybe I'll have a, a, a new opinion. Um, but at the moment, not really a strong opinion. Yeah. Um, and that's the funny thing because Resident Evil Village is the reason why I decided not to finish it because it's clearly a co-op game. And unfortunately, in our little group, we don't really have like because Nolan is our like shooter buddy, right? Yeah. And he was not very big into Outriders. The funny thing is, Outriders is clearly best with three people. Like, I can tell you that right now based on our brief time with it, because playing it solo and wanting a decent challenge, you end up having these really long, almost endless fights. Yeah. They're not... The the arenas themselves aren't bad and the combat's not bad, but it's like, okay, the fight's still going, more guys are being added in, I'm tired of this arena now. Oh look, I died near the very end of it, and I got to do it all again. Yeah, and that's what the the whole world tier thing kind of falls apart. I feel like towards the end, or depending on what level of, of the side quests you do and, and other things, where yeah, it's um, it's a good idea. It's it's but what, it's it's one of these things where I just kind of wish. I kind of wish people just could figure out how to balance a game or something. Well, again, you know that, that you didn't like. Well, here's the you, you, you have two a, things going on. You have two things going on. You're balancing this game so it could be played either single player or co-op and still mm-hmm. be fun. And then you're balancing it so that any class you play as can still feel meaningful. And those two challenges combine into some arenas are going to be balanced for you and then others are not. Well, I just mean in terms of the the unnecessary leveling mechanics that have found their way into so many games where, you know, where, like, RPG elements have kind of gotten out of control. Does, I mean, as an, as an example of something else I've played, do the Assassin's Creed games need... A leveling mechanic. See, I'm I'm sitting here thinking that's part of the appeal for you. Like, <laughs> no, I, honestly, like that's that's kind of not the appeal. Is that's like, funny? What's the like? I could, so like I get the idea of increasing your skill so that you're you're going to have more abilities that will make harder enemies easier. But just kind of having this arbitrary thing where, you know, oh, this is a level 20 area, so all the enemies are level 20, and if you're level 15, you're going to be taking extra damage from the level 20 enemies and doing less damage. Like, why not just have all the enemies be the same? And, you know, like video games used to be, 
where as the game goes on you scale difficulty by making enemies tougher but not but just on a scale not like by leveling them just made this you know the enemies toward the end have 50 extra hit points or whatever and because they're giving you more abilities and options as you move through the game like why do we need why does everything need to have level ups because then you can't sell xp boosters like it's a mobile game and I'm only being semi-sarcastic with Well, them. no, it's true, because there's, there was a $10, $10 to get the XP booster for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yep. I did not pay the $10 because even I have some standards. <laughs> some tiny shred of standards, I suppose. And that's, that's that, that, you know what, let's change trajectory a bit. Let's look ahead to the future, because one of the things that I shared with you and I was curious what your feelings are, is Ubisoft basically stated the next Assassin's Creed game is going to be a live service game. <laughs> and, and this is funny to me because you are Mr. Live Service. You keep trying all sorts of them. Because I find, I try, I, I try live service games because I find aspects of the IP or other things interesting and I end up wishing that it wasn't a live service game. So Destiny's the only one that you've been able to keep. I think Destiny's the only one that has gotten its hooks into me as a live service game. Um, partly, probably because of my existing familiarity makes it easy for me. I've been playing it continuously for, you know, since Destiny One, without seven eight years now. Yeah, without huge breaks in it. And so I'm, I'm so familiar with the game that I'm easy, it's easy enough for me. The way that they've been doing this, the seasonal model at this point is takes a, you, you basically only need to commit like an hour a week if all you want to do is the story content. And I've got kids playing it now, and so I do the story content by myself some night, and then if they want to play on weekends, we do some of the just standard activity strikes or run the seasonal playlist or whatever else it is. So it's, I, yeah, I'd say it's gotten gotten its hooks into me a little bit more than say Avengers, which I enjoyed the Avengers campaign. Um, I've enjoyed playing the the free um, additional content, like the uh, extra story content. Yeah. But I'm not gonna be doing all their weekly challenge dungeons and all the other sort of grindy content that they that they have in there that sort of makes it live service. Like, it just doesn't really appeal, appeal to me. Yeah. Even Outriders, they've said it's, like, I don't... I understand it as a co-op game, but when they say, like, we basically have a finite end, and there's, you know, there's a main game end, and then there's an end game with a finite progression and end, like... Why does this need to be a live service game? Why can't this just be a traditional game with multiplayer? And I'm curious about that as well, because I know they want to do things like expansion packs, but I'm curious to see... Yeah, I, I am curious to see what the goal there is. I don't know, because I know right now it seems like Square Enix was really pushing to find like their own new live service game. And that yeah. seems to be like, once upon a time, everyone wanted a World of Warcraft. Once upon a time everyone wanted a Call of Duty, and now everyone wants a Destiny, right? And some of these people are jumping in really late. And it's a shame because for 
Square Enix, they already have that. They got that in Final Fantasy XIV. To the extent that, like, there's the, the, the story out there, they ran out of digital keys to sell. Now, it's more likely that the way... It's more like... My understanding is it's more likely they ran out of space on their servers to sell. Well, they're probably... Right. There's, so, yeah, there's, there's, there's all kinds of com potential complications yeah. with... And that's a good problem to have, let's be honest. And that's the thing. One of the reasons is because one of the biggest... World of Warcraft streamers, who has been very critical of Blizzard lately, decided to make the jump, decided to see what it's about. They're, they're, they, and this is like a common story, right? Former World of Warcraft players give up on it, move to Final Fantasy XIV, and are like, holy crap, this is great. You know, I'm having yeah. a blast now. And, and they, like, Square Enix is regularly publishing, like, profits from that. Yeah. That game is a killer for them, and yet they still want more. And this is where it's like Square Enix is always a mixed deal for me. Sometimes they put out this great stuff. And then sometimes you get these moves where it's like, they're going to make a Marvel's Avengers a live service. We're going to have a live service in Outriders. And now Babylon's Fall's got to be a live service. It's like they're trying three different things. Like they're shotgunning yeah. it and seeing what sticks. And what's going to happen when none of them stick? Are they going to keep trying? Or or then again, they've said, you know, we've had three and a half million players or whatever for Outriders. Which, that makes me wonder, okay, you say players, you don't say units shipped, you don't say units sold. Well, what's the numbers without Game Pass? Yeah, that's, that's definitely a good question for that. And so this is, this kind of connects to... Uh, maybe the conversation you you didn't want to have mm -mm. is so so obviously there have been Sony's made some questionable decisions lately, <laughs> right? Um, they seem to be very indie unfriendly, um, where where one of the things early feels seemed like early in the PS4 generation. They were trying to position themselves as being more indie friendly. I mean, that's why No Man's Sky was up on front stage. Which, you know what? Yeah, let's trace even back that far. Let me add to the sins that I've already tallied, because all my sins are recent. They threw Hello Games under the bus when um, when it turned out No Man's Sky under was disappointing. They threw Hello Games under the bus and was like, nope, we, we, none of this is our fault. And it's like, you put a tiny indie developer on stage with big AAA games. Like, what did you, multiple times. Like, yeah. Uh, anyway, so, so, and, where was I going with this? Anyway, so there's, there's all kinds of issues with, um, you know, their, their Japanese studios and other things that are, Studio basically, at this point, it's Team Asobi. That's yeah. it now. It's basically the the gist is it seems like Sony is switching their or not switching, but is really heavily focused on Western AAA blockbuster style games, specifically now, Hollywood blockbuster style. Not I even mean, Hollywood. Like, I mean a mixture between Hollywood blockbuster and Hollywood Oscar bait. It's really a mixture of the two. Well, it's it's just it's just they're just. I guess I just see them as being like those that sort of Last of Us, Horizon, God of War, Spider-Man. So on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, I, 
I have a bunch of issues with because I love I love a lot of indie indie games. Um, there are a lot of smaller Japanese games that in the past have come through Sony or various Sony studios or other things. Obviously, stuff like Shadow of a Colossus, uh, which was an incredible game, and then those. Um, what's the who's the, the creator of that that you know Ico Shadow of the Colossus Last Guardian oh I forget because him and the creator of uh, both Silent Hill and Gravity Rush also left but so yeah Gravity Rush is another great example of past Sony but at the same time I'm behind a company that is focused on single player story driven experiences where I, I do have issues with I have I agree with you I think there's that Sony has done a combination of dumb things and bad business practices but at the same time until I hear that you know Horizon Forbidden West is going to be a live service game or the next God of War is going to be an MMO or something like that I'm still behind the idea that they're focusing on like Games, not services, not to play. To okay, to give them some credit because that, that's the thing. To, to cut it short, the only thing at this point I'm going to, I'm willing to give Sony money on because I already told you guys I I canceled PS Plus. It expires in November, so after November. No more co-op or multiplayer on PlayStation 4 for me. Um, and I don't even know if I'm getting the expansion for Ghost of Tsushima. I like Ghost of Tsushima. I don't know if I'm buying that. Um, especially if you have to buy that in order to get a stupid lock-on button. Um, I, <laughs> I hope that I hope that's not the case. Um, but the only game I am 100% committed that I will buy is Bloodborne on PC if it ever gets ported. That is it. Um, I'm a 50-50 on whether I'd actually get God of War on PC if they port that. Because I have a feeling they're going to start porting PS4 games hmm. onto the PC. But part of that's going to be in hopes of hyping up the sequels on the PS5. Um, that's my theory, at least. I can't prove it, naturally. But that's, you know, they just put out Days Gone. We got Horizon Zero Dawn. So if they port... It's less... Bloodborne is not very likely. Mm -hmm. um, God of War is more likely, so it's a 50-50, because I would like to play that game with a better frame rate. Um, but that's it. Like, otherwise, like, I'm... Right now, done with Sony. But, as much as I dislike things like the director's cuts, naming and like what that implies, and holding Death Stranding content hostage, even if temporarily, I can say Ghost of Tsushima Legends was a free mode. Mm -hmm. And it's live service style, but it's a free mode. And it's got a lot of surprising ideas. It is very different from the main game. And it's a lot of fun. We played it Monday on stream. Like, it is a good game mode, and they gave it away for free. They could have charged money for that. Yeah. And God of War is another perfect example. 
uh, Muspelheim, I believe. Is it Muspelheim and Niflheim? Yeah. Were zones that could have easily been downloadable DLC. They were part of a full game. And there yeah. was no DLC for that. It was a complete game. And I guess that's kind of my point where if, again, I don't, I think that they're, I don't think they've crossed the line into the sort of mustache twirling evil of certain companies at certain times past. Including but, themselves. Including themselves. But, so, if whatever whatever changes they made, whatever focus, if part of that is to give them the freedom to let, you know, somebody, like the whole vision of God of War was that part of the, um, from what's his name? Corey Barlog. Bar yeah, Corey, not Balrog. Not Balrog, Barlog. Barlog. Was that, you know, we're not releasing expansions, we're releasing a, a whole game complete, you buy the game and that's it. Like, that's the game. Yeah. Like, like I like that, and I will support Sony in releasing games like that. Or like you said, releasing a game like Ghost of Tsushima, and then providing a free add-on to that, that again, could have been paid content, another thing. If some of these questionable practices are necessary to get that, that when I'm paying $70 for a PS5 game, I'm getting a whole complete game. I'm not getting EA style. Well, now you've got to buy the whatever, the unlock this by paying $10, or I guess Ubi with Assassin's Creed, buy the, the XP booster and pay money for the resource pack so that you have bonus resources and all this other stuff. Like, I can, I can at least get behind the end product. I can see that. I guess my perspective too, because here's the thing. Microsoft, right? And I've said a lot about game. Now, here's the thing. Again, 50-50 on Game Pass. I'm starting to see the value in Game Pass because, yeah, I got to play Outriders. I got to play the Medium for free. And it turned out that game was fine, but it was just fine. Just fine. Like, it is, it's a nice rental service, effectively. And now, I want to keep up with Seamus Young's doing a retrospective series on 2017 Prey. So guess what? I now that I I have that on Game Pass. I started, now. I started playing that too, actually, a, while, a couple months ago. Yeah, I started playing it, and um, so it's like there's a. I find the customer value in that, but at the same time, my perspective is if there's anything I like, and especially now that I have the room for it, anything I like, I'm buying a backup physical copy. Yeah. Um, but that's for other reasons. But when it comes to Microsoft, I can also tell you, Game Pass, you'll never get the game's DLC. Well, I shouldn't say that because some games you do get the DLC. For the most but part. But for the most part, you don't get yeah. the DLC. Why? Because they want you to buy something. But on the whole, it's like to me, it's like one of these is more consumer friendly than the other, but at the same time, they're only that far because enough people didn't buy Microsoft Xbox things that shareholders got angry, heads rolled, and they promoted somebody that had a better idea of what they were doing. And so my perspective is, I don't want Sony to die, obviously. I don't want Sony to go away. But I want them to have a financial enough hit that shareholders and investors get angry, heads roll, and people that know what they're doing are put in their place. And then chances are, whatever happens after the Series X and the PS5, the companies will probably flip-flop again. 
Xbox will start screwing up again because it's Microsoft, it's inevitable. And then Sony will do well again, and then they'll keep going back and forth. Meanwhile, Nintendo will keep being Nintendo, for good or ill. Yeah, that's that is. It. I was actually just talking about this with my kids. I was kind of giving them a uh, you know a really high level history of video game consoles from you know Atari through Nintendo, Sega Genesis, uh, you know all that other stuff. This is this is the longest we have since since the sort of the first rumblings of console wars in the '80s. This is the longest. We have had a consi- any kind of consistency, right? Between three separate consoles. Between three, se- yeah. B- Nintendo has been the only one that's been stable through this whole thing. You know, um, Atari died. Um, ColecoVision. ColecoVision. They're trying to bring in television. Back. I mean, I, you know, I guess what was oh. it? Who, 3DO was that Amiga 3DO? Who, who did the 3DO? I do not remember. All these other ones that, that sort of popped up, and then Sony. Kind of overlaps. Magnavox Sega. Odyssey. Yeah, Sony kind of overlaps with Nintendo, and then the yeah, death of Sega. Because it was the Nintendo PlayStation originally. Right. Yeah, there's. Um, and then and then Microsoft shows up on the scene, and now we basically had 20 years since the launch of the original Xbox, with no. Yeah, 2021. Yeah, so this will be 20 years. Well, and we've had this stability in the console wars between. Nintendo does their own thing. I'm trying to remember because there have been attempts to... Like Atari tried to jump back into the game. Or are they still trying to jump back? I don't remember. But there's also... Do you remember the Phantom? Oh yeah, the Phantom. The Phantom, which was literally a Phantom. It was literally like vapor. And if I recall, the, the founder was like a sleazy business guy that there was possible arrests involved. I don't remember. So that that's one of those things you could probably make a movie out of. Um, I, there's like there there have been things. Uh, do you remember the Wonder Swan color? I actually kind of do remember the Wonder Swan color. I remember we had oh no 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 not Wonder Swan color. My bad my bad. Wonder Swan color. I don't even know if Wonder Swan ever made it to America. I'm thinking of the Nokia N gauge. Oh the N gauge the taco. It was like a phone. <laughs> the yellow, yeah. It looked awful. And oh my goodness! Okay, no more, no more, no more reminiscing. But anyway, anyway, we haven't really had a disruption in this. So yeah. I've been kind of wondering, maybe, maybe having something like the Steam handheld, whatever, is going to be a disruption in this. I highly doubt it. Maybe I not. Do um, because it's still. Firstly, it is still premium priced. If you are a PC gamer of a sort, it's not. I have mixed feelings about because for me again the most, most most advantage is be able to play my PC games on my TV. Is it really like how how much money do I have to be willing to waste to spend four hundred dollars on the system than however much on the dock plus tax just so I could play my Steam library on my TV? Like it would be better to just put like twenty five feet of cable around my room so that I can hook my computer directly into my TV. Like, it's there's no real reason for well, that. And it's also, so for me, part of the reason, you know, to get a PC would be certain games that are going to be better with, like, keyboard and mouse and that kind of stuff, or, or having 
the upgradable component where you know you can totally max out the graphics on certain things but I'm guessing this $400 Steam thing is not going to be I think that itself is actually an interesting thing to try and dissect because they did try their console like Steam computers like I forget the precise uh, the specifics of them and also they're also built on Linux and I don't think your entire Steam library is going to be guaranteed to play on Linux. So that's part of the issue right there, too. Um, yeah, that's actually a really huge issue, right? Yeah. Because, so, I mean, so for me, what I'm thinking is something like, okay, playing Destiny at 60 FPS with a wider FOV would be really cool. I've seen videos of other people doing it, and I'm like, oh, man, this looks so good, right? So that would be a reason yeah. to get a PC, but then, like, is this steam box what's it called steam deck steam deck was there a steam box steam box that's what it was originally called yeah that's yeah. the thing that again like and i'm wondering if one of the reasons these endeavors keep on failing is because pc gamers are pc gamers for a specific reason and is there something missing for console players that because that's the thing like you're trying to take your steam library and make it accessible to console gamers well okay but why are console gamers console gamers in the first place? And I think there's two reasons. One of which is the comfort element and the simplicity element of it too. But I think there's also something about like, and it's one of the reasons that Xbox One, I think, failed really big because of that lack of first party. Because Sony and Nintendo both have those exclusive titles. And that's why Sony's always like only going to release backlog titles on PC right now, you're not going to see um, new titles released on PC. They're going to keep those to PS5 exclusively, especially if they want to take... Like, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, that's not going on PC. Ah, uh, no way. Because it relies too much on the solid-state drive. And you know what you can't guarantee in a PC? That you've got a solid-state drive. Yeah. And not only that, but they've got a customized solid-state drive specifically for their purposes. So, there's going to be first-party PS5 titles for the PS5, just the PS5. Um, now, that's, of course, got what, what's got a lot of people up in a fluster right now, because like God of, like, what is it, Gran Turismo 7 and God of War, no, no official sequel name yet. They're now both PS5 and PS4. Was that always the plan? Or is one of the reasons God of War sequel name was delayed was to make sure, okay, now we have to lengthen this tunnel, make like add a cave here to make sure the PS4 can load the assets. Are they going to have to change the game in that way? Yeah, hopefully they don't cyberpunk it. <laughs> um, After all your defense, you're even going to be using it as a slur now. As a slur, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I love cyberpunk. Yeah, um, game. I'm it, still waiting to hit a major discount. It's yeah. It's definitely. I don't know. Cyberpunk is cyberpunk. It's it's cyberpunk. It's uh. Oof. Are you excited for that Witcher three uh, DLC to make it look like? Uh, well, okay. They say it's TV related. They haven't specified. I'm kind of hoping you can make Geralt look like Henry Cavill. I mean, 
That would be uh, that would be something. <laughs> He'd look a little less ugly, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. What are we? Okay. Let, I mean, yeah. So I mean, we we're kind of we started this talking about what we've been playing or what we're looking forward to. I think looking forward to might be the best direction to go, though. That also depends on like so how familiar are you even with like what's coming out. I mean, I'm I'm pretty familiar with what's coming out. So here's here's like my thing. I just I feel like. There's, and this is where I, where I talk about, you know, God of War, Horizon, Forbidden West, um, maybe Sp I still haven't played Spider-Man Miles Morales, but... If you guys discuss that game on Discord, please do it in PMs. It's the, I don't want to hear anything about Forbidden West. I really don't care for Horizon at this point. That is like the most overrated of Sony's games that released this generation, man. So do anyway, you anyway, more, anyway no. do you have another game in mind that was more... Overrated, because okay. you actually genuinely enjoyed Horizon for reasons that's unfathomable. Like, okay, some of it. Was I enjoy. Well, well, hold on. I and I is unfathomable that I enjoyed dismantling like a forty-foot robot T-Rex. You know, like oh, that's really unfathomable that somebody would enjoy doing that in a game. That's one of the and, few and things the, that's actually good about it. There's all, there's so much in between that. Though. But I mean, it's not just the, it's not just the forty foot T-Rex. It's and there's the story. I mean, I think the story. And Ashley Birch is so bad at the character. There's I mean, there's obviously <laughs> room for improvement in the story. I'm not gonna say the story was perfect. I think the story did a lot of a lot of interesting things. It it did it did a couple surprising things. I thought. Um, and, but anyway, I, I think the the game overall was fun. It had a lot of its systems worked really well in terms of, of game of game systems, the ease of gathering materials, of of replenishing your arrows and crafting arrows, and the simple fact that the 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 present their presentation aspects of it that merge well with the gameplay aspects. Would you have major? What would be your major gripes with the gameplay of Horizon Zero Dawn? Fighting human enemies is number one. Fighting okay, so fighting human fighting enemies. Human enemies was always terrible. Was not great. It was not as good. I don't think it was bad. I think it was just not as good as fighting non-human enemies. There were there were certain enemy types that were annoying too among the the monsters yes among the monsters but some of the monsters I did not care to fight some of them were really good fight the T Rex monsters were always a good time I will be honest with that I will admit that um, and some of the uh, I can't remember what they were they weren't labs they're were like factories and stuff those are kind of fun to navigate yeah. Um, the problem was the human enemies and their strongholds. I did not like. Um, I would. I did not really like uh, some of the. Like I don't have fond memories of ever having to fight the alligator robots. Right. I don't think I ever really enjoyed fighting the alligator robots. Yeah. Um, the and I described it a bit. There was. I still remember clearly in my head. Like I could probably. I might even be able to find the portion of the map it was on where there's like this hill and there's this mountain I, and I want to get to this point. I see there's a point of interest up here and there are several what should be thigh-high jumps or something 
that for whatever reason, the game says, no, you can't come up here. You have to go all the way around this way. And you're spending so much time just to find the path. And this is also particularly bad because I played this after Breath of the Wild. And I like, yeah, it probably sounds like I'm a broken record constantly comparing games to it. But you can climb anything, anywhere, anytime in Breath of the Wild. Now, what if in for Horizon Forbidden West, you can climb anything, anytime, anywhere? I still have no interest. I, I have no interest I because know, I, I saw that gameplay demonstration and I highly doubt it. And that, that felt like a blast from the past in terms of scripted uh, gameplay events, let me tell you. Yeah. But the... the uh, Ooh, Deathloop. Speaking of, of things, what do you think about Deathloop? It's too roguelike. So, I'm wondering I mean, if this is gonna hit the, if this is gonna like hit the the nerve right, because this seems, I don't know, I, I don't know how it's actually going to be. I'm wondering if Deathloop, I don't know if if it's gonna hit the right. It looks fun because it's clearly got that Dishonored. It even has power straight up from Dishonored. So it's got a lot of what made Dishonored work, but granted, part of what made Dishonored work was the stealth. And I never really got good with the combat because the combat was also weirdly janky. Um, so Dishonored, like, it's got elements that look fun. But if I have to keep repeating things over and over again because some AI, because I'm not playing this online, I'm not going to play this game just so someone that's like pro-lifer, uh, playing 24-7 just to jump in and troll other players like can come in and headshot me from like because they know exactly where to clip through the wall or something like because that's yeah. what it's going to end up being so like e even then like I don't want to deal with no AI that's going to send me back and I'm going to have to redo the whole thing again like and that's the thing like I only had so much patience for that with Hades right Hades is the closest to a roguelike or roguelite or whatever you want to call it um, other than the one exception was um, Bullets Per Minute. Bullets Per Minute is the one that's worked for me so far because I don't think of it as a roguelike. I think of it as a music shooter. I go okay. in there for the music and the shooting, and then it happens to be a roguelike. Yeah. I have not played that. I need to try that. The, it's coming um, to consoles. I, I, I am... I'm just... I'm curious... My, my my one the holdout is right. I want to see because I'm thinking about Dishonored and how intricate the plot system ended up being. To because when I played Dishonored, I went with an all but one of the um, the targets. I went with the like alternate way of offing them that didn't involve just killing them um, and, and just get kind of the intricacy of all that kind of stuff how does that translate into a game where you've got to do this 20 times I guarantee you what it's basically I guarantee, so it looks like two things right you take the Dishonored gameplay but I don't know if you've read or seen anything from the Moon Crash DLC for Prey but that itself was also very roguelike-ish or roguelite-ish mm -hmm you played like different people with different skills and every time you went through the station trying to fix things to create an escape those changes would impact the other lives or personalities you played um that 
basically what they're doing is combining that with Dishonored. And chances are one of the reasons they're doing it that way is to make a cheaper game. So they don't have to spend a lot of money, probably because Arcane probably hasn't had a lot of big money-making hits for Bethesda. Like, Dishonored's a success, and it was enough of a success for Dishonored 2. Mm -hmm. But, and especially when you can see Bethesda was probably, actually Bethesda might have been starting to dictate things. I mean, what was the, um, the, the, the spinoff of Wolfenstein with the Daughters, where they have these sort of live service elements, damage, sponginess, grinding and everything. It seems like they're trying to have all these strategies to take your game, but make it so people are forced to play for hours and hours and hours, and where uh, Machine Games did a really bad job with Wolfenstein, Prey Moon Crash, and now Deathloop look to be doing a better version of it. And then Redfall, they're now making a Left 4 Dead style game, but with vampires instead. So it seems to me like Arcane Studios is possibly following something that was dictated by Bethesda, or maybe Zenimax. I don't know. Because um, at the same time, it's not like single player games are dead. Um, Doom Eternal is now getting a horde mode, but otherwise Doom Eternal is a single-player game. Yeah. Starfield is, as far as I'm aware, going to be a single-player game. So, I don't know. Like, it's... it's. I, I guess I, it's one of those... So, here's the thing. I want to get excited about something that's not just, like, like you kind of said, big, dumb Hollywood blockbuster game. Granted, there's some other things. Uh, what's the... What's the new like Metroid Dread? What's the new Tales game that's not actually a Tales game? Tales of a wait, what? No, it's not actually a Tales game, but it's basically a Tales game but darker. I just came. It came out recently, like the last month. Not Nice so. Nine. No, you know all about Nice. Yeah, I mean, dude, that, that's been out. Have you even looked at that in the store page? Is that out? I need to get that. That came out months ago. It's now out on uh, no, but PC. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, it only just came out on PC. Like, you tell me you haven't even thought about the fact that you're sitting there, you gotta play Yeast 8. You should play Yeast 8. Yeast 8 is great. I've been playing Yeast games for years. Yeast 9 comes out, and you're just like, ah. Oh. I need to play. I, you know what? The. Um, you were way too busy. You know what? You were also probably trying to beat Like a Dragon beforehand. Yes, that's also. I probably want to get that off Cyberpunk my plane. And I like never, I never beat like a dragon. And Persona Five Royal because Royals. it turned into such a drag on my life. That's Drakengar, Drag on Dragoon is the original Japanese name. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, what is this? All right, JRPG, somewhat tale style, but darker. Recently came out. Um. Uh, you're gonna have to hum a few more bars than that, man. Um, like I, I everything in like the the marketing is very like black hooded with red, but like Scarlet Nexus. Scarlet Nexus. Okay, Bandai Namco. I played the demo of that on Xbox. Yeah. What was I saying? I have no idea. You were talking about it. Flower uh, enemies. You could have said flower enemies, and yeah. I would have been like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's all right. I mean, I'll play it when it's, it's on Game Pass. Yeah, I, I guess I gotta pick up East. Um, because that's that's kind of more my jam. I I just don't, don't know. get it on Switch. Don't get it on Switch. You can tell looking at the launch trailer, it does not look good. I 
I've just like oh my goodness. I've just been struggling for something that really grabbed me. Some of this is that I'm jaded. Some of this I don't have as much time. I currently in in my with my current work and and other stuff. And there's there's a variety of factors, but part of it is I don't feel like anything is just reaching out and grabbing me so much that I need to play it. Like when when I started Cyberpunk, I was expecting to enjoy it um, cautiously, <laughs> but like Cyberpunk grabbed me. That was the last thing I can say. Just completely like I just had to any minute I could be playing Cyberpunk. I was playing Cyberpunk. Um, and I'm just, I kind of just been waiting for something to grab me like that again, that I, I need to, to play it. And I, you know, Dishonored was something that had grabbed me several years ago. Um, and so, you know, Deathloop seemed interesting and I want to be grabbed. Um, but I, I don't know. No, I understand what you mean. Right now. I understand you mean like E3 just passed, and there weren't a lot of uh, trailers or anything that lit my fire. And yet, except for Elden Ring, which is one of the reasons I was like, "I'm okay. I gotta play some kind of a Souls like right now." I've already beaten Darksiders three like twice or thrice. I've played through Bloodborne like three times. I need something that I can get into that's going to strike right. Is going to like. And that's where Neo comes in. And Neo has enough of the aggressive style of play that Bloodborne's got while being its own thing that it's like, okay, this scratches the itch. Mm -hmm. So now I'm playing Neo on stream kind of a thing. So that's helping keep the calm until Elden Ring comes out in January. I played Record of Lotus War Wonder Labyrinth again on stream to help calm the nerves until Metroid Dread in October. But when I look at even when I look at the list of games, like there's a lot of stuff that looks good. Like Death Store comes out next week. That's the um, by the makers of Titan Souls. It's kind of um, the it's published by um, Digital Devolver Digital. It looks good, good music. But at the same time, like well, good music in the trailer. At the same time, it's like this looks good. I don't know if I'm going to love it. Um, uh yeah, like there's so many games that, and especially like I kind of had to drop a bunch. Like Shin Megami Tensei Five, I've been looking forward to seeing more of that game for a while now, and it's finally coming out, and I'm not sure. Like it is currently on my don't buy at launch list because there's so many games coming out, and especially now I'm going back and I'm playing. It wasn't even just playing older games, right? Like, I played Batman Arkham City. Why? Because not only did I feel the urge to after reading through Seamus' posts, I wanted to talk to him about it. Yeah. So I go back, I replay the game, we have a conversation on the podcast. Um, and now, like, I'm work I'm trying to work on scripts, and I'll just... I, wanna I wanted to keep a down low on some of it, but, like, Resident Evil 4, right? I that's going to be one of the videos that I'm going to be putting out soon. Mm -hmm. And when I say soon, I mean either end of the year or next year. Uh, early next year. Um, scripts very far in progress, but as I'm writing this script, it's like, okay, I have a little bit more to record. 
for Resident Evil 4, and then I'm done Resident Evil 4. I'm done the recording of it. Script's almost done, but oh no, writing the script, I need to grab some footage from Resident Evil 5, which fortunately will be easy enough. I need footage from Resident Evil 2, which means I need to go back into the remake. I need to play enough of it to get enough footage that I have what I need, and that means I now have to dedicate time to replaying that game. Yeah. And, like, I already, in order to make sure I had footage for it, and then I'm going to also talk about Resident Evil 7, um, I went back and I replayed Resident Evil 1. And sometimes it's great because I get to re-experience these old games. They're fun. They're wonderful. But at the same time, it's like, man, this is time-consuming. And there's some other games I want to start recording off my PS4. And I also want to finish AI the, the Somnium Files at some point. But no, that's the thing. Like, what excite like the one of the reasons I, I became excited for Village was because I finally played Seven. Seven was like, holy crap, this is like the game of the year that has or Toho Luna Nights. I really got into that. Which led me to getting a I just started that. I need to I need to play that more. That's the thing. That game I really dug it. Um like and that's part of the thing. Like this is one of the reasons too where for me it's like it's easy to say no to PS5 for me and even no to Xbox Series X because it's like right now the stuff that I love like Resident Evil Village is like the biggest budget game this year that's come out that I've like yes this is great. And when I look at the games that I'm really interested in, No More Heroes 3, right? Mm. Um Lost Judgment, Tales of Arise, I'm interested, but don't know if I'll be grabbing. Metroid Dread, Caligula Effect 2, Mario Party Superstars, even. Like, there's not a lot that's big budget that I'm really hyped for. Yeah. And I even wrote some stuff here because I figured you might, like, because you're kids, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. I like the look of that more than. I like the, I like the look of its aesthetic more than I like the look of it, if that makes sense. Right, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I totally... I can see that. Where, again, yeah. the, this the, is, the, the console makers also just haven't given us a great reason to upgrade in general. For me, probably the straw that broke the camel's back on PS5 that made it is um, the new Ratchet and Clank. Where that's... so. See, I played 2016, and that's the biggest reason keeping... Rift Apart, because like Rift Apart does look pretty cool. At the same time, again, I played 2016, and then I for like every once in a while I have to remind myself, oh yeah, I played that game. So I thought and like, saw that movie. I feel like, like 2016 though, that was like that was a clear like reboot. So I was we were we were talking about it today because my weird... my son's playing through 2016 right now, and so I have literally played. Every Ratchet game, a Ratchet and Clank game, all I played all of them except for the mobile one, and I've completed all of them except for Ratchet Deadlocked. Okay. Um, so like that is definitely just like a series that I enjoy that I've you know like yeah so so and so. The 2016 didn't feel like it brought anything particularly fresh for me, but Rift Apart, um, I think, is looking like okay. Like this is this is the real next game. Like when I compare 
Uh, when I compare, um, what's it called? Um, what was the last one on PS3? Man, I don't remember. Whatever it was. When I compare that to 2016, I feel like um, there was time stuff going on anyway. But like, I, that doesn't feel... Ratchet and Clank 2016 doesn't feel like as much of a evolution past Tools of Destruction, which was the you know the PS3 one, uh, the first. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't feel like a, much of an evolution past that. Where Rift Apart to me looks like it, it is. Well, so that's kind of that. I mean, that's just one. That's a franchise that I that I really love. Okay. You know, and well, that's the funny. I, I am curious because have you guys watched the movie yet? Yeah. Because the weird feeling I get from that game, and we might have talked about it way back. No, we didn't start the podcast till like 2017. Um, we might have talked about it at some point anyway. But like, I saw the movie, I got the game, and I played it, and it's this weird thing where it feels like they're both based on the other. Like it yeah. feels like a movie tie-in game, but it also feels like the movie's based on the game. Yeah. Like, it's a really weird thing, and I don't know what to make of it in that regard. So I think that's also part of the issue. Because remember when Sony was... Oh, actually, no, they, that was the first one, because now they're having the whole bunch that they're doing, like the Uncharted movie. Um, but you have just... I don't know. Uh, Ratchet and Clank is Ratchet and Clank. Um, and that's the thing. Yeah. I was we saying, we were Returnal looks about, cool. Returnal looks cool as an example. So yeah, when we were laughing about the names this morning, um, so like we get Ratchet and Clank, Ratchet and Clank going Commando. Yes. Up your arsenal. Size matters. <laughs> like these are children's games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and Dana's just looking at me like, like you're letting our kids play these games. But you know, it was it was all in good fun. Yeah. Um, Quest for booty. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> but how, what's the time on this? Uh, we've it, been going for about an hour. It was about an hour? I'm trying to figure out... If, oh, it's got both timers. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out if like there really is anything more to talk about at this point. Because we've just... This has been a conversation grab bag. It's been a conversation grab really I mean, we've, we've, we've kind of been looking... Done a lot of looking forward as to how we're feeling about the next generation of consoles and the games coming soon and some of our differing philosophy where I've definitely got a little bit more of a bend towards the 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 big franchise titles where you've been bending more towards independent stuff but also now well, of course the Japanese games like that's the, Japanese yeah and again like that's what made it easy to like I'll be honest like once I really took, sat back and saw how much footage I was recording, how much I was playing, how much of my gaming time couldn't just be dedicated to the latest and greatest, I looked at the list of upcoming titles, and it was really easy to look at that and be like, nope, not doing Far Cry 6, nope, not doing Resident, yeah. uh, Resident Evil Extraction, Rainbow Six Extraction, nope, these games are getting dropped, these games are getting, like, all the Western AAAs, because that's the thing, those are the ones that I look at and I'm least excited about. And that's the thing, like, part of it is also just being older. It doesn't take much to look at a trailer and be like, yeah, it looks pretty cool. But you don't know what's going to really excite you sometimes until you play it. And that's where, for me, again, like, that's why Metroid Dread and Elden Ring are such a big thing. Because just those trailers and the nature of them, 
there's and maybe it's just the way they cut them. I don't know. But watching that stuff, it's like ah. See, that, those didn't have this. That's funny because that just didn't have. I mean, I've never been as big into Metroid as you have, but like Metroid Dread didn't strike me as like well, oh that's the, the Metroid day. That's the Metroid game that I need to play. Um, same with Elden Ring, and again, I you've you've kind of dug a little bit more into Soulsy stuff than I have lately. Um, so yeah, neither just the, not the Souls proper. Like I played a little bit of both one and three, and both of them, it's like totally haven't even finished the first main areas of both of those. It's like you know playing Bloodborne and not finishing Yarnum. That's effectively how I played Dark Souls and feels. Uh, maybe no one will have a comment on that. I don't know, but like I'm just there's something about those versus like Cronus Before the Ashes. I like that. Um, Dark Side of Speed. I like that. Um, I'm, I'm going to play Blasphemous, even though the aesthetic is completely gross. I'm going. That looks interesting. Have you tried Lords of the Fallen? I've heard people talking about it, but from what I saw, it also has issues. It definitely has issues. Um, I, I thought it was pretty fun. It's more, it, the combat's definitely, it's aggressive, but it's slow. Hmm. It's very, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I am, oddly enough, now, now that I've been playing Neo, I am a bit more curious about Final Fantasy Origins. Just, you know what, I'm already thinking about chaos. Chaos, chaos. Or, in Japanese... I've come to kill chaos. Or, in Japanese, cows. Cows, cows. Cows? I've come to kill cows. Watashi wo cows. Uh, or something like that. <laughs> I gotta figure that out, actually. When I was originally taught, like, introducing, it's like the masculine is Bokuwa. Like, Bokuwa is like I am, if you're a masculine or something mm -hmm. like that. And Watashiwa was either if you were speaking to someone superior to you or if you're a woman. And yet, all the time, it seems like I hear even men talking like Watashiwa. And it's like, did, did that just become, like, just general? Like, what happened? Did is language that... transform on me? Is that maybe like a formal usage too, or something like that? I don't know, so I'll have to find that out. Um, maybe Duolingo will tell you. Maybe me. Duolingo will tell you. Um, but I, I think now that we're talking about Duolingo, it's it's time to wrap up. It's time to wrap up. Yeah, that's my game of the year, guys. Duolingo. No, I haven't even started yet, but no. Um, yeah, I, it, the the. But I will say. Um, I will, or rather, I will add to anyone you know listening. If you read the blog, the blog will be slower now that I'm trying to work on scripts and ideas and stuff like that for the video. Something will really need to inspire me that I know I'm not going to make a video about. So I'm thinking about no more heroes stuff. For example, mm -hmm. I just started two, so instead of writing about the first game, I might wait and write about both of them. Um, and who knows, maybe I'll write about Neo, I don't know. Like, I gotta f have something that really speaks to me. And there was a lot of stuff doing that, but I was also focusing more on the blog and just playing games than I was on recording games. So now blog's gonna slow down, and I'm also probably going to change to streaming on Mondays and Tuesdays, not Wednesdays. Wednesdays are the, like, the smallest draw. Like, nobody watches on Wednesday except for, like, Jen, Nolan, and Zach. So smaller streams and hopefully that means I'll be able to get like the strategy is gather a cluster of videos 
Like make a bunch, save them, and then start releasing one a month, and see if that works for me. See what happens. Um, All right. So I've got some processes that might help with it, and I got a lot of ideas. Again, I already basically just said like Resident Evil uh, videos, um, but I got other ideas after that. So we'll see. And yeah, and of course you're not really blogging or nothing. I'm not doing anything interesting right now. Least interesting man in the world. Yeah, I concur. So. I mean, you like cyberpunk. <laughs> I could have actually hit such a much easier target than that. Uh, I mean, you are still playing Overwatch and Destiny. Yeah, you watched me play like an Overwatch match as May. So yeah. I didn't even realize you switched characters either until a while. I was like, wait a minute, that's ice balls. Like that's ice. What are you freezing? You can't freeze enemies as Torbjorn Dermborn. Um. So yeah. yeah. So. All right, everybody, have a good night.